Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Rooker Report podcast in association with Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. My name is Rich Spate and I'm joined this morning by Gav Henderson to talk over um, Sunderland's 5-0 victory against Sheffield Wednesday at home last night. How are you this morning, Gav? You are uh, you woken up yet? You're suffering still? Uh, I'm still full of Christmas cheer, yeah. Sunderland did help a little bit. Definitely. But yeah, not good, mate, you? Yeah, yeah, good, tired, a bit hungover. Uh, not looking forward. Well, that's to everybody. The... That's everyone this time of year, though, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not looking forward to going to the gym on my kind of pre-New Year uh, health trip. But we'll uh, we'll not go into that. But we will go into um, Sunderland's fantastic performance last night. Obviously, it was five nil. There was a, a perfect hat trick, as as it's known, uh, from Ross Stewart. Um, plus goals from um, from Callum Doyle. Uh, with a with a back post header and Benji Kimbiota coming off the bench to to score neatly at the back post as well to round off uh, what was a great performance. But I wanted to start Gav by um, the atmosphere because it was thirty four thousand there last night. It sounded fantastic on my stream. You were there. Uh, how was it for you? No, it was brilliant. Uh, it, it was a it was the same at Doncaster as well. People, asked, I don't know whether it's the time of year and. Everybody's off work and going out on the drink and just mm-hmm. nice time of year. So everyone was upbeat. But yeah, the crowd was a little bit bigger. Not much bigger, but it was a little bit bigger. Um, Chef Wed fans, to the credit, they did their part. They had most of the top tier. And That's even good. at three, four, five nil down, there was a section of about two or three hundred of them who just never stopped singing. They were bouncing. It was actually <laughs> weird. We we thought there were Sunderland fans celebrating in the away end there was, because it was... Sort of just after every goal, um, but no, it was good. It was nice atmosphere. Obviously, it's nice, isn't it, when the team's playing well at the minute and people are feeling confident about how they're doing. So you go into the games a lot more relaxed, like where there was tension maybe six or seven weeks ago into these yeah. games. Uh, people are just coming and they're enjoying it, and that's the way it should be for me. I think when you're at this level and and you're playing in these, I mean, this is a big game for League One. Chef yeah, Wed are a big huge. team, and it's the last time we we lost a game was against Chef Wed. I was there. It was a horrible night. Mm. So, you know, everybody's up for it, but I think the, the first goal set the tone for the rest of the game and, and the atmosphere sort of chilled from that point. So, yeah, it was nice. It was nice. But before the first goal, it was a bit nervy, wasn't it? And one thing we did manage to do early in that first half, once they had the ball a bit, was to win the physical battle. I think a lot of people are talking about a, cha- a turning point in the game. 
being um, Billy Wright's kind of battle that he won against their centre forward. Was it against Patterson? Patterson, yeah. Yeah, and uh, where he basically knocked him out once. And uh, and yeah. then they, they came together again and, and he won that physical battle and that we were winning the battles, the important physical battles on the pitch and that set the tone. Yeah. Because, um, you yeah. know... As we know at the stadium, like you know, a, a, a crunching challenge or a, you know a great bit of defending can get the crowd going as much as a, a goal, really. There were, those little battles were happening all over the pitch. I mean, Pritchard and Bannon was a big one, mm-hmm. um, and and I, I've said this to people over the last few days. I don't think Pritchard gets enough credit for the sort of work he does off the ball. He's really good at just getting stuck in, getting into people's faces, ratting around them, winning the ball back. I mean, the I think it was the we'll come on to the goals, but the second one came as a result of him pressing high and working hard and winning yeah. the ball back. So, I mean, we we have got very, very good at that, I think. Um, I think somebody pointed out we've in our last sort of five games, I may be wrong, five or six games, we've only conceded two goals. So we, we are tightening up and we are battling more. And pe- ultimately, people are finding a place in the team because we have no choice but to pick them. But that consistency is really helping and it, it's... Players are flourishing. I mean, I've never seen Bailey Wright play as well for Sunderland as he has sort of over the last five, six weeks. Yeah. Doyle's back into form. Flanagan's back into form. And the battling for one another. I mean, you, you see it in the goal celebrations, they're all celebrating as a team. You know, there's a good team spirit there at the minute. And I mm. think when all of that comes together and the confidence is high, you can be unstoppable. We've seen it before with Sunderland teams in, in the Football League when we got promoted under Peter Reid and, and Roy Keane in particular. Like, if you've got a good team spirit and players battling for each other all over the park for 90 minutes, there ain't many teams are going to be able to live with us this season. So, yeah, it was nice to see. It was nice to see the defenders in particular winning their battles. Like you say, that Bailey Wright one, um, I wouldn't say Bailey Wright's a particularly aggressive defender, but he, he just sort of, he knew the ball was there to win. He he clattered through it, so did Patterson. I mean, we were lucky. Patterson was the one who came off the worst of the two, mm-hmm. but it did set the tone because what it did was after Chef Wed had started well, it settled everybody down and sort of that little two or three minute break where he was getting attention and he was he was getting seen to by the physio. It it sort of calmed them down as well. Yeah. Like Chef Wed, obviously they'll be up a height from that first couple of minutes. So yeah, good, good. Like I say, it, it's a continuation of a sort of ethos and team spirit we've seen over the last few weeks. Yeah, it's brilliant, uh, and I, I I echo what you say about Bailey Wright. I also think, you know, Doyle and Flanagan all look really comfortable in that three, mm-hmm. and the the kind of the shifting yeah. across the pitch to kind of cover those kind of fullback areas. It's a very weird system, though, isn't it? Like, because I don't, I actually looked at it. And Bailey Wright's playing like a right back more than the yeah. right centre half. Um, it's not like an orthodox. It's not really a three or a four. It's sort of in between. Um, I think a lot of it's to do with Diaco on that side of the mm-hmm. pitch. Um, we've seen that he's not great defensively, although I do think he is getting better in that regard. Like last night, some of his chasing back and defending was good. But I think the, the whole reason we've went with that sort of system and putting right as a right back is to cover for some of those deficiencies down that side. But it, yeah. it just works. I mean, a lot, a lot of people have pointed it out. Bailey Wright's played... Right back before Foley Johnson when he was when he was at Bristol City. So I didn't realize I was thinking to my mate yesterday when we were at the game. I, I didn't realize how good Bailey Wright was with the ball. I always thought he was a bit of a mm-hmm. punt it and launch it type of defender who couldn't really play. But he's got really. I don't. And again, could just be confidence and and getting a good run in the team. I mean, we saw he got one of the assists for it. it was a cracking ball in for for the goal. And we're seeing the side when we've never seen 
since he came to Sunderland. And again, just part of this collective confidence and everybody playing at their best. Yeah, and I think as well, like just think briefly on that tactical element, I've been a bit of a Corey Evans sceptic, but he covers those zones as well. Do you not, have you not found, Rich, sorry to butt in, have you not found that whenever a player has been like sort of in and out of the team this season, people have doubted them rightly? Yeah. And once they get a little run, we're all oh, right, actually, he's a good player. We've seen it with Pritchard. In particular, Dyack was another one who got a bit of stick when he was in and out of the team. People weren't really sure on him. So I, I, I think I think one thing we've just got to keep our fingers crossed and hope is that he can stay fit because yeah. we've seen over the last few games how good he is. Well, let's let's go into the goals because this is only a short one. Yeah. The, the first one, marginally, possibly marginally offside, although it's difficult with that camera angle to see exactly who yeah, was I mean, where and when. Um, I think Quest yeah. kind of... Quest paused it on their highlights, yeah. and it looked. They were pretty adamant it was offside, and that you can't. Really it was tell a from shoulder that, that was offside. Yeah, maybe. But he, he ran through, and I was impressed. He finished with his left foot. Doesn't seem like his natural left footer, and uh, he, he popped that in really nicely. Um, and their high line, I think. I think teams are going to have to learn. You get beat five nil if you try and play a high line against us at home on a on a uh, on a evening. It just doesn't work. And but mm. the ball from Diaku was was beautiful. The finish from Stuart was was fantastic, and that that really set the tone. Then the second one, as you say, um, was all Pritchard really, apart from the finish, which was absolutely phenomenal from from Stuart. One one touch finish really, and it was it was oh, wonderful. The timing of his run was outstanding. When you look at when you watch the when you watch it slowed down. Pritt, I, I was stood next to me dad. My dad's going. He's on his own. He's going to have to do it on his own. Yeah. And you just see Ross Stewart more. He, he, he actually starts very slowly and then he just motors away because Pritt, and Pritt, Pritchard, that's the understanding they've built up as a, as a pair. Yeah. They know each other and he knew that Stuart would be there if he just held on to it for long enough. It was great. And like you said, I think I was like your dad. I was like, oh, God, somehow he's going to have to beat both of these. But no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was Stuart piling in and, and that, that first touch finish, it took everyone by surprise. You know, you expect the way the ball came to him, he'd naturally kind of take a touch to his right. But you know, he slotted it home, and and I was jumping around at that point. Really pleased with I don't, it. I don't think if that was a few weeks ago, you know, I don't think he would have scored that. I think it's no. just because he's got those couple of goals back to help him with his confidence. I think that's probably helped because that's a confident finish. That yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, totally. That's a that's a striker in form. That yeah, and uh, yeah, and 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 it put us two 0 up. We looked really comfortable at that point, and and we got the the third. It could have could have had. We could have had a hat full in the first half. Could have been five nil in the first half, really. Um, yeah. But we got the third. Um, again, it looked like actually another Jamie McAllister well-worked corner routine. And there were there were a few of those. Yeah, there were a few of those in the game that sort of didn't nearly came off. But that one was really yeah another one. We tried that actually. I, I think at Doncaster, mm-hmm. if you um, if you think back, there was a. It, it and they've they've got a couple of different ways of setting it up, but it's basically the same set piece where. Your, your biggest three three players, they sort of hang at the at the very far corner of the box. Sort of weird. I've never really seen us do this before. But I think the, the basically the routine is to launch it out to the big man at the far stick mm-hmm. who nods it back across and then any one of those three players are standing waiting for the ball. And uh, like I say, we came close to doing it against Doncaster. We actually nearly done it again later in the game as well. I think it came out of Ross Stewart. But it, it there wasn't enough height on the ball, and he had to loft it back in with his feet. But it, it yeah, another another really well worked sort of routine. And I always when when we score from set pieces, I always look at the, especially when I'm in the ground. Obviously, 
I looked to the, the touchline to see how the coaches are reacting and they went mental again. It was a bit yeah. like that one when, when uh, Dan Neal scored the other week. The coaches just they were really proud of that goal because it's obviously something they've worked on. Yeah, We, we are a lot better, for, especially with Pritchard in the team because his, his delivery is unbelievable. And Embleton, mm-hmm. we were scoring from a lot more of these, these situations. Yeah, totally. And it was lovely to see Callum Doyle getting the goal as well. Young lad getting his yeah. kind of first senior goal and celebrated wildly in the corner with the fans, which was, it was really good to yeah. see. And, you know, he, and he deserves it because, again, his form's come back back up in the last few weeks. He looks really comfortable and confident. The way he brings the ball out as well, I think it's just worth a note for his whole all-round performance in terms of, yeah, like... He's, t- he's, he's getting back there, isn't he? He's getting back to where he was at the start of the season. Yeah, it's when he takes the ball out of defence, it just, it drives the whole team forward and uh, you know him and Wright and Flanagan are all offering something slightly different as centre-backs and, and Doyle, Doyle's kind of ball carrying is I think that you know the mark of the player he's very 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 comfortable in possession and yeah. and his quality of pass into the midfield is generally really good so I mean it was lovely to see him on the score sheet. Just on that point with midfield it's like playing with an extra midfielder at times with him because yeah. he He's so confident at carrying the ball, and because he's so physical and big, like they don't expect it. So he's he's charging through strikers and attacking midfield players, and he's carrying us ten yards further up the pitch. Yeah, and it's allowed, especially sort of Neil, who really likes to get on the ball and drive forward. It allows him to push out, mm-hmm. and it allows it allows Pritchard to push out. And it allows a wide. What a lot of our players basically get it into the sort of area where Pritchard and Neil are, work it wide and work it back inside, and I think. A huge part of that is Doyle and and Wright in particular sort of getting on the ball and carrying it out. It must be so difficult to play against when you think about sort of teams at this level probably aren't really used to defenders being able to do that. I can't recall Sunderland really coming up against another defender this season from another team who's who can do what Doyle can do on the ball. Yeah. So, yeah, a big asset to us, absolutely. No, we're looking really, really strong. Um, it's probably just worth mentioning that what George Ellick said on on Quest as well. That you know we're not we're, we're not absolutely firing on all cylinders either, and and we've got so many injuries. This team, you know, what they did in the first half in particular, I think, was just so impressive and sends a, a huge like message out to the rest of the division that you know, all right, we've gone top, but we've got you know we're a few games ahead of other teams around us, but we're going to be extraordinarily hard to beat. For the rest of the season, yeah. um, the defense is solid, and we're scoring goals, and we can get goals, you know, from all over the park. But um, second half, we continued where we left off. Really, they they obviously had a bit of a, a bollocking at half time uh, from Darren Moore, but it didn't seem to have too much effect. We kept control of the game really nicely. They they really didn't do anything, did they? They were quite disappointing, but they were a bit makeshift, a bit of a makeshift team, really, weren't they? I don't, I don't know. I think I think obviously they'd have they've had a three week break and that was pretty much well, yeah. their sort of full strength team. But I think I think one thing with them is that when I saw the when when the teams were being read out at the start of the game and I'm looking at the first time I'd seen their team and I was reading it on the screen. I'm thinking, oh, that's a, that's not a bad side. That I mean, you go back to front in their team and it's just full of players with higher level experience. You, you know, back to front, Peacock, Farrell, and goal. Um, Dunkley and Palmer at the back Lewis Wing who was a great championship midfielder uh, Mendes Lang uh, Barry Bannon great player you know Jack Hunt played in the Premier League Lee Gregory and Callum, pa- Callum Patson played in the Premier League 
So I was looking at the team and thinking, well, these could be a, a difficult team to beat today. But they reminded me a lot of when we came down and Jack Ross's first season. And we had a lot of players who were, you would have thought, like Oviedo, Catamol, these type of players who were had a lot of higher level experience. Yeah. But sort of, there's just not something quite right about them defensively, organisationally. A lot of players sort of phoning it in. And I mean, we just outwork them. So yeah. it doesn't matter how, how much experience and quality you've got at a higher level if you're not really up for the for the fight. And start of that second half, yeah, the, the first couple of minutes, they were a little bit more energetic, but we matched them and we bettered them. And once we did that for five minutes, they, they didn't want to know again, did they? No. And and we got that, that fourth goal that really put it to bed. A, a header from, from Ross Stewart, beautiful ball in the box, wasn't it, uh, by Billy Wright, that one? It was, yeah, it was. It? it was. A, I think it was Diaco who fed him and then Billy Wright put a great cross in. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was slightly after that uh, kind of series of incidents with Lyndon Gooch, wasn't it? Again, where we just showed our steel and um, and Johnson calmed Lyndon Gooch down, told him to go and do it on the pitch, not to get involved with with their their um, shenanigans. He drove in the middle, pumped the ball out to Jacku, who headed the ball down for right, and then the ball in was just quality. It was like you know, any any fullback putting a ball in the box for a big striker, that's. That's absolutely perfect, and, uh, and they give him so much room, didn't they? Yeah, give him so much room to do it. But you've you've still got to execute. You you know, it doesn't matter how much room you get. We saw that at Doncaster. We probably lack a little bit of quality at times in the final third, and they allowed us a lot of of the ball where we didn't really do anything with it. Chef Wed was a lot. They were a little bit different. We had quality, and yeah. probably like I say, we probably could have had more. But that that cross from right was was superb. Um, I don't. I have. I probably need to say the goal back again. I don't know what the marking was like for Stuart, but he just seemed to be stood there alone. Just yeah. sort of, yeah, cheers, lads, I think you know. He peeled off the back of the defender a little bit. But again, yeah. we moved the ball around so quickly then. You know, it had gone from left to right and back over to left. I think we were just shifting them around and, and they were a bit discombobulated, really. Um, so it, it was yeah. really fantastic to see. And then and then we rounded it off, made a couple of subs, rounded it off. Obviously, Stuart had a, a couple of the chances as well, didn't he? One where I don't know how the goalkeeper kept it out at the back post, uh, kind of like yeah, it was bounced, a good save. bounced yeah. off him really. But then Kibioka pops up at the back post. He looked lively when he came on, didn't he? he look really, he looked yeah. bigger and stronger and less erratic and more focused in his in his performance. He looks he looks quite dangerous really in that. I mean, obviously he came on when yeah. we were four, four nil up against the team who we were like you say phoning it in, but um, he, he did. He looked good. He did, and he's got to take these chances because he's not going to have many more of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is January could be a make or break month for him. Are they going to let him go? Probably not, based on the amount of injuries we've got. If he goes, he's probably going to go at the end of the month. So really, he has a month to prove himself. We're all sort of waiting for it to happen with Benji Kim at York area. I mean, I've watched him for the 23s, and he's never shown... I say never, that's a bit harsh. He doesn't often show... The composure he showed in that situation when the ball fell to him. I mean, regardless of the fact that we were four 0 up, it's a brilliant take and and finish goes under the keeper. Good, you know, good positioning, good run, a lovely finish. Like it doesn't matter who you are on the pitch if you score a goal like that, it's a good goal. And he was unlucky not to get another one. Sim, very similar sort of move, wasn't it? At the back post, he was a yeah. little bit unlucky. But you're right, he did. He looked he looked lively. He was he was working hard. I mean, he came on on the left. And he was right in front of me, and I noticed it in the first couple of minutes when he was on the pitch that he'd obviously been given some instruction to sort of cover for the left back, 
who was circling at the time. But once once he got into the flow of it, then first four or five minutes had gone by, he was loving it. He was just trying to get into dangerous positions. And um, I mean, long may it, may it continue. I want, I want, I want to see him do well here because he's been here that long. So we're all sort of waiting for it to happen. And especially at the minute, we haven't got a lot of options in a, in an attacking sense. Normally, when you when you look at the bench, he's bringing on sort of Aidan O'Brien, who's obviously not available. Will Harris, who hasn't really done a great deal when he's came on. I'm not really going to slag the lad off, but quality wise, we haven't got a lot in an attacking sense. And mm-hmm. Benji coming on and doing what he did is it, it gives us a little a glimmer of hope that maybe he can still make it here as a as a player. But I'm. I'm on the fence. I think he's got, like I say, a month to, to either score a couple more goals and when he comes on the pitch, do the business like he did, or he's going to be farmed out somewhere. It's probably the last we've seen of him. So And he'll know that. He's not he's not totally daft. It'll have been explained to him. You know, you, If you get on the pitch tonight, you're going to have to do something. You can't just come on and, 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 and it be another appearance. Mm-hmm. When you come on and you get a chance to do something, do it. And fair play, he did it. He did. Yeah, and I mean, it ended the, the game on a really positive note. You know, it ends the year on a really positive note where I think, you know, there's a lot being said about how far we've come in the last year. And I think it's testament to the work that the, the squad have done, the work that the recruitment team have done and the work that Lee Johnson uh, has done alongside Christian Speakman to get um, the men's side in, in such a great position going into the new year. Top the league as well. Let's not forget Top that. Top the league, exactly. And yeah. And we've got a little bit of a break now before there's any football. Both the the men and the women pl- don't play until kind of the second second weekend in in the in the month in the eighth and ninth. Are you look, looking forward to a little bit of a, a break, or do you think you know we we, we might lose a little bit of momentum? Uh, no, I'm gutted. I, I really really wanted that Fleetwood game to be on. Yeah. Just we are taking advantage of the of the current situation with the pandemic and teams going down with COVID. We've took full advantage. We've won our games. We've we've got points on the board. Which is, it's it, it's disappointing that we aren't going. to... I mean, I know Wigan have got a lot of games in hand on us, but I would rather have the points on the board. Oh yeah. And when you look at where Fleetwood are on the table, you know, nineteenth in the table, fighting for their lives down the bottom, you know, it's probably a best time to play them as well because they're going to probably bring in a few players, maybe get a few bad eggs out in January. So by the time we do come to play them, they're going to probably be a little bit stronger. So I would rather have played that game, obviously, but. Nothing we can do about it. I think the players will probably be glad of a rest because, like I say, that, that team is, has been pushed to its limits, hasn't it, really? They've all yeah. had to play pretty much every game, every minute. Um, luckily, I think there's there's a bunch of games coming up that we aren't involved in. Obviously, there's this round of games. Rotherham have got Bolton, so we might only be top for a day or so, but at least we, we've, we've stamped down that mark. The pressure's now on them to beat Bolton. So yeah, I guess we just have to have to just sit and wait what see what happens. I think ultimately time time will tell, but I think that regardless of what Rotherham are doing, what Wigan are doing, what Wickham are doing, as long as we just keep doing what we're doing, we're gonna end up in that top two because we're we're playing so well. And eventually come the end of the season it'll all it'll all pan out for the best, I think. I just I have full faith at the minute that we we're going in the right direction. It's inarguable really, you've just gotta look at the the recent performances and the goals we're scoring and yeah we we could do with Bolton doing us a little bit of a favour but it's not the end right. of the world if Frotherham do win yeah definitely um so we got we got New Year we got a bit of a break and then we'll be back at it um I think we'll probably on Rope Report have a few little special uh, episodes to release 
We'll see uh, what Sean's got up his sleeve. And uh, we'd like to thank everyone for listening to us uh, this year, uh, for donating to the Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen Appeal over Christmas. We'll speak to you soon. Sarah. Right. Cheers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.